0: Okay, uh, did I tell you to turn to Joshua? Did I tell you where in Joshua? Well, you, you just guys prophetically flow prophetically tonight so we can get right into this. Um, let's turn to chapter 7. But I want to review some things first as we get into this. Um, I'm going to just kind of take Joshua from the very beginning. I want to encourage you to read the book of Joshua on your own. Um, Tonight I just want to talk a little bit about some things. We talked Sunday as the prophetic word came forth about the gift exchange, and God was exchanging some gifts on Sunday. I mean, He was taking your shame and He was giving you confidence, you know, He was He was taking, you know, sickness and giving you health, and He was He was taking your poverty and giving you wealth, and God was just in the great gift exchange Sunday. And we talked a little bit about something. We talked about the Jericho offering, and this was something just totally by the Spirit of God. God, and I know that, you know, just the last few weeks, God's just been dealing with me on some issues. And I wanted to make sure I, I know I wanted to make sure that I kind of explained it a little bit more and let you get a hold of what I feel the spirit of the Lord is all over. I think he's all over this thing. And I'm just excited what's taking place. But let me just give you a little a biblical background, a little review a little bit. In, in Joshua's life, Joshua was one of the two spies, uh, the twelve spies that were sent across, um, that Moses sent forth into the promised land to look and see if the promised land, you know, was what God said it was and, you know, what, what was going on in there. You know, were there big people? Were there little people? Were they well-defensed? Were they, you know, were they poor? Were they, you know, what kind of armory did they have? You know, so he began, he went over and they took a look at it and he was one of the two that came back and said, hey, We can do this thing. Who was the other one with him? Anybody know? Caleb. Yeah, say Caleb. So it was Joshua and Caleb. So what happened is this. is And the the other ten actually got the crowd going and saying, No, no, we can't do it, man. Those people are big. You know how big those people are. There's no way we can take that land. There's no way we can go in there. And Joshua and Caleb stood strong and they were like, Hey, God says we can do it. We can do it. So tonight I want you to know, God says you can do it. You can... If God says you can do it, you can can do it. I mean, you know, one word from God to say, hey, you know what, God, you're the one that said it, so I'm going to go do it, amen? I'm going to go do it. So what what happens is Moses has passed away. A generation is now gone. The Israelites have wandered over 40 years in the desert, and a generation has actually passed away, and the new generation is coming up, and Joshua, now Moses has passed away, and, and God, the mantle is being shifted from Moses to Joshua. And you can read that in chapter 1. And and, and God says to Joshua, he's like, I'm going to paraphrase this, okay? He says to Joshua, he says, okay, get up. My servant Moses is dead, and it's time to cross the Jordan. It's time to go in to the promised land, say the promised land. It's time to go into the promised land. Now, there's some... some some prophetic things that I want us to be able to see and understand a little bit here tonight, so I may, I may just try to hit them as we go along. So you can see in Joshua 2 where, where he sends out a couple spies to spy out the land. He says two guys, and he sends them out. They, they cross over the Jordan, and they go into Jericho. The gates are open, and they go in, and they spy out the land, and they stay with a prostitute. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what your past is. I mean, God can use you. And they stay with a prostitute, and, and they find out that these Israelites are there, and, and she hides them, and, and she does a deal with them. You know, she says, hey, you know what? I mean, we, we heard that you guys were coming, man. We heard that you you had, you know, you're, 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 the Israelites had crossed the the, 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 the Red Sea and coming out of Egypt, or, uh, yeah, coming out of Egypt, and we heard that, you know, all these great things were happening, these signs and wonders and miracles, and, and you were defeating people here and you're defeating there because they had a couple other wars before they even got to, to uh, to be able to cross over at the Jordan uh, east of um, east of Jericho, so he began to start saying, "Hey, you know what? All this stuff is going on, and we know who you are. We know you're powerful. We know God is with you." So she hit him. And, and they came into her, and they said, Hey, where is, where's, where's these guys at? And she's like, Well, you know, they were here, but, you know, they're gone now. I think they went out of the gate. If you hurry, you can probably catch them. So they send out a troop to go after them, and they're hid. They come outside the wall. You know, I began to start thinking about the walls of Jericho. You know, the whole walls of Jericho didn't come down. If you read the Bible, you will find out that Rahab's house was built into the wall. And actually, technically... Her house was left standing. And all the household in, they, they, they said, Rahab, you come, you get everybody that's in your household. And they, they let her know. They said, here's the deal. You get everybody that's in your household in your house when we come. Your mother, your father, your aunts, your uncles, your brothers, sisters, cousins, anybody you want spared in your family, you better get them in your house when they come. And they said, look, if we don't see this red rope or scarlet rope hanging from your window, we're gonna wipe you out. So as you read that, you'll read that in chapter two in Joshua, and you'll see that. And and she was spared. In Joshua chapter three, they began to God began or Joshua began to get the Israelites together, and he said, Look, we've got to get ourselves purified. We've got to get ourselves consecrated, say consecrated consecrated. What is that? It means to be made pure, be made holy. You know, they, they may have come across some some things that they've touched or, or did that made them unpure, impure in order to cross over. I shared with you a little bit on Sunday. In the Holy of Holies, the priest would go in for the Day of Atonement once a year. See, we don't do that any longer, but once a year, the priest would go in to the Holy of Holies for the Day of Atonement, and he'd wear bells on his feet and a rope wrapped around his leg, and he'd go in, and you know, and if he wasn't pure or clean, they'd have that rope in there so they could drag that guy out. You know what I mean? So well, I want, he, he said, first of all, I want you to be pure. I want you to be clean. I want you to be bathed and cleansed and, and, and ready to go in and cross and, and, and possess the land that God wants us to possess. So you, you can see that in Joshua chapter 3. And then in, in the later part of Joshua chapter 3, they cross over. They actually come together and they cross over. So they've made this crossover. And in Joshua chapter 4, he says, I want you to take 12... Uh, guys, one from each tribe, and he says, I want you to get stones. And they get stones out of the Jordan. I mean, the Jordan stood up just like the Red Sea stood up for Moses. I mean, what an incredible sight that must have been. What an amazing thing that must have been. And there is one prophetic picture that you can look in there. The priests were the first ones to go in carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and they stood in the middle of the Jordan River, and everybody else passed by. The prophetic picture that I want you to see is that the priest will stand in the gap for everyone else to get in. Come on, somebody. Everyone else to get in. Everyone else to cross over. The priest stayed in there until everybody else got through. And and so that's a big prophetic picture for us to look at and realize. And he told the 12 tribes, he said, you know, each man out of each tribe, I want you to get a stone. So, it, so in, the, in the future, how many of you know we forget stuff? I mean, you know, what God do for you, I mean, two years ago, you know, God might have pulled you out of a mess and you've done forgot this year. I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying you better remember, you better look back, you better see the hand of God in the situations that you were in to know that God is God and He's still God, amen? He was God yesterday, He's God today, and He, guess what, He's going to be God tomorrow. Say, God is God. God is God, and he wants to be God. And he said, you know what? I want you to take these 12 stones, and I want you to, to leave them there because you're going to have your family members and friends and and and, and, and 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 sons and daughters, and they're going to look and go, what are these stones about? And you'll be able to tell them what God did. So I began to start thinking about that, and I thought, man, what a memorial stone. And then Israel was circumcised. Man, I mean, he... This is You've got to really see prophetically in here. In Joshua chapter 5, they circumcised the Israelites. Now, I don't mean to be off color, but that is cutting away the foreskin. And obviously, the males, the next generation that was coming up, were not circumcised. And according to, uh, according to the laws, the, the Levitical laws, the, 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 they needed to be circumcised. And it was, it was about restoring covenants. God, here's what happened. There was three things before they went into Jericho. They got they got they got they got purified. They they um they had the the Passover meal. They had that before they went into Jericho. Two days before that, but before that, they restored covenant with God through the circumcision. We don't have to be circumcised today the way they're circumcised. Our circumcision that takes place in us today is in the heart. Say the heart. I mean, God wants to cut away our old stony heart, doesn't he? He wants to circumcise. I don't know if you've ever had a, a bad piece of meat, but there's times where I've had meat and we've had it in the freezer too long. Anybody know what freezer burnt looks like on a meat? And you just cut that sucker off. You know, we're not going to throw the meat out. Let's eat that thing. Right, Tommy? You know, let's just cut the bad part off and let's eat that piece of meat, you know? So, you know, and that's what God wants to do in us. He wants to circumcise our heart. The, the tough parts, the rough parts, the parts that, that are not pleasing to God, he just wants to just, just be a surgeon and just circumcise that and cut that off. So Israel was, was uh, circumcised, and the right to circumcision was for the covenant of God's people. So that brings us in here to... to I'm going to have you flip back over to Joshua 5, because I want to just touch base on a couple scriptures there. Just stay with me. Say Joshua 5. Joshua 5. Oh, let's look at Verse 13. Everybody there? Okay? I want to encourage you to bring your Bible so you can get used to opening it and looking at it because I'm seriously thinking about not putting it up on the screen anymore, but we'll see what God wants to do there. Joshua 5:13. They're ready to take the, they're ready to take Jericho. They've crossed over, they're in the promised land. Um and they're ready to take Jericho. says, Now it came about when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and he looked, and behold, a man was standing opposite to him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and he said, Are you for us or for our adversaries? He said, No. Rather, I indeed come now as a captain of the host of the Lord. A captain of the host of the Lord. I mean, that's a lot of people. The host of the Lord. A lot of angels. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and he bowed down and he said to him, What has my Lord to say to this servant? To his servant? Verse fifteen says, The captain of the Lord of hosts says to Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for this place that you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. And I think about was he releasing strategy? Because what the the, the Military strategists today would say that how they took Jericho was not how a typical military strategy would work. Would you agree? Was he releasing strategy? What was going on there? I, I, I'd I like to know that sometime. And the Lord gives you any revelation on that with this guy. But he looked up, and I'm wondering, was Joshua praying? Was he on his knees? Was he Was he praying? And then he looked up, and he saw this, angel of the Lord, or God manifested. I, I believe it was an angel of the Lord, the Lord of hosts. You know, he says, you know what, I got a whole lot with me. And he's standing there with a sword. And I believe it was a way to say, well done, look what's taken place. You've consecrated yourself, you've taken the Passover, you've circumcised, you are ready to go in and do battle and take the land that I have given you. See, this, this land belonged to the Israelites to start with. And now Joshua has to go in and take this land, and the Israelites have to take take this land. Let's look at uh, chapter 6. Now Jericho was tightly shut because the sons of Israel went in, and no one went out, no one came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, "'See, I've given you Jericho into your hand with its king and valiant warriors.'" What I'm going to hear, tell you here tonight is that God is bringing us to a place where you're going to be able to go in and possess the land and there's going to be valiant warriors and kings and, and there's going to be some resistance and opposition for you going in and, and, and possessing the land. But how many of you know that God is with you? Say, God is with me. I mean, God is with you. He's with you. He's just, and I believe that's what that Lord of hosts was all about, saying, hey, we're with you guys, man. I mean, we're right here. We got our sword. We're ready to go. You know, you just, you just seek us and, and, and we'll give you wisdom and we'll release it to you and we'll go and help do battle because you can see some strategies in, in, in Joshua in chapter six where actually they came and they walked around the walls of Jericho six times and then the seventh time they walked around it and they, the, the priests were blowing trumpets. They were blowing trumpets around the wall and he told the people, do not shout. Until that seventh day when they walked around that thing seven times and the people let up a shout and the walls came down. Now there were some people inside Jericho making fun of them as they went around the walls. (laughs) <laughs> what are them Israelites doing out there? You can't get it. You can't get me. You know, when you're a kid, you're like that, you know, you know and you can't get me, na, 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 na. You know, like that. We used to do that when we were kids, you know. It was like, yeah, I can get you. I still mess around with the kids here sometimes too. They'll, they'll, they'll touch me and they'll say, you can't get me in a couple steps. I can get them, you know. And I'm like, yeah, I can get you. I can get you. And they were making fun of the Israelites. But Joshua said, I don't want you to say nothing. For the six days, the six times they walked around, he didn't say anything. And on that seventh day, he said, Shout, Oh! You know, and the walls came down. I mean, they had a shout of victory. The walls came down. I'm telling you, it was on. Somebody say, it was on. I mean, it was on. The battle was on. I mean, the gloves was off, and they were going at it. They were coming in, and they were taking everything. And they, they, I mean, they killed everything. How many of you thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary? Amen? that you don't have to worry about somebody coming in your house and killing you, taking everything you got. may not do it physically, but the enemy wanting to do it spiritually. Come on, somebody. So this, it kind of brings me up to they, they went in and they, they started doing this, and, and, and God had told them, He said, I want you to go in, and here's the deal. He said, I want you to take the plunder, but you can't keep it for yourself. It's got to go to the Lord. It was the Lord's plunder. So let me just look at it. Just let me look at a couple things here. Let me find myself here. Let's look at um, verse 25 in Joshua chapter 6, verse 25. However, Rahab the harlot and her father's household and all that she had, Joshua spared. Whew. And she had lived in the midst of Israel to this day, and so she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent out to spy, to, to, spy, to, to spy out Jericho. Then Joshua made with oath with them at that time, and he said, Cursed before the Lord is the man who rises up and builds the, builds the city Jericho. With the loss of his firstborn he shall lay its foundation, and with the loss of his youngest he shall set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was in all the land. And I shared with you Sunday I just touched base on it see the Israelites there was so many things that took place they came up out of Egypt they had the seven plagues you know the, or, or the ten plagues that that were in Egypt and they came up out of Egypt and there was not a feeble one among them they came out with substance they were they had money and they had health amen that's what it was they had they had substance and they had health and there wasn't a feeble one among them and When they came out, the, the, the inhabitants of the land heard these things, and you can hear it from time to time, and you can read it that where they had heard, oh, you know, we, we heard that you, over, you, you took care of the, the king of Og and you killed him, and, and then you went to there, and then you killed them, and you just were just you know just going in and, and just taking over the inhabitants of the land and running the evil out, Amen and bringing forth the good. So we've heard of your God. We heard of the Israelites. And it wasn't until Jericho that they came in and took Jericho and did not keep the money but gave it to God that the Gibeonites said, we're coming from way off, and you know what? We don't want them to come see us. We want to go see them. And the Gibeonites lied to them. They told them that they came from afar. They had bread and wineskins that were cracked, and you know what I mean? They They had shoes or sandals that were wore out, and they came to them, and they lied to them. And Joshua made a covenant with them not to kill them. Joshua and the elders not to kill them. And then they found out they weren't... Three days later, I think they found out they were pretty close by. (laughs) But they still maintained their covenant that they made with them. And that's what I want you to understand. God is a covenant-keeping God. And He had made a covenant with the Israelites that this land was His, was theirs. And I'm telling you, that's what's in battle today. If you could understand and realize... There is a spiritual thing going on here. Natural people in the natural sense do not know it. That's why they want us to pull the troops out. Wrong move. Wrong move. Unless you want to be, unless you want to have to come to the call of prayer, what five times a day or seven times a day or whatever it is that the islam's sound the deal. And we were in Jordan. When we were in Jordan, um, you talk about something freaky. We were in Jordan, and we had gone up to, um, to a, a church that was there, and next to it was a mosque, and we were walking down the streets of Jordan, and that call went out. And I'm telling you, there were some guys that were standing there talking to a shopkeeper, and they were like, gotta go. And they, they got them out of the shop, they closed the door, and they left. We just stood there and listened to it go off. We were on a hill at that time, and we just watched all of them go. And they all went to the mosque to pray. And I thought, Man, what dedicated people. What dedicated people. And we expect our God, who is Jehovah, to move on our behalf when we pray once a day, once a week, once a month. And they're praying time after time after time again. And sometimes we wonder why evil, it looks like evil is winning. I'm telling you, evil's not winning. I'm going to tell you that right now. God is doing some things. He might be looking in your influence, in your circle, but I'm telling you, there's some cities, there's some some nations that God is on fire, and there's transformation that's taking place. God is on the move. I want, to, I want to tell your neighbor God is on the move. Tell your other neighbor, God is on the move. I mean, God is on the move. God is moving in some things. And, and you're going to begin to see here where God just began to move. Now, understand this. I'm trying to think how I'm going to delicately talk about this. When you look at the word judgment, when you look it up in the Greek, it means justice, justice. And there is a time where God's grace is from here to here. All, All I'm saying is that prophetically in the land, it's narrowing. So God's grace kicks in and it's a long time before the judgment or the justice comes forth. It's now that gap is being narrowed. Come on. I need you to get this. All right? So can I just can I be me here? So you could sin. You could sin. And you may not see the consequences for a long time. You get me? Alright? 20 years ago, I can sin and may not see the consequences till I'm 40 or 60. Are you with me? So that's why the kids think there's no consequences. I can do this and God's not going to hit me with a lightning bolt. Well, it's being narrowed. So when sin, you sin now, you may not have that kind of time for the judgment or the justice of the Lord. Are you with me? Are you with me? Personally, this is personal. I'm going to speak to you personally a moment. Personally, in the New Testament, God is a good God. He says he's a good God. All good things come from God. God's not going to throw cancer on you and see how you act. All right? But he will remove his covering. Y'all getting this? And then who has access to you? So you can sin, and not all, listen, not all health-related problems are sin in a person's life. So don't go there. Alright? Just because somebody's sick, don't say, well, you know what? You got sin in your life. If you would be more holy and you would pray more and you would spend more time with God and get that stuff out of your life, I'd try to tell you. <laughs> Don't even go there. Right? You just let God be God. And then let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit and convict them of that sin. But there's, the prophets are coming in and saying, We are entering into a time of Ananias and Sapphira. I want to tell you, Ted Haggart had eight years before it was exposed. All right? I don't know Jimmy Swaggart. I don't know how long he had. I don't know a whole lot about that situation, but he was involved in pornography. He said 20 minutes, 20 minutes of looking at it, held him captive for 20 years. Just by looking at it for 20 minutes, it sucked him right in. A man of God. But things are being shortened. And I began to start saying, God, you know, what is it? What is it? What what are issues in our lives that we've got to get out? There is issues in your life. Guys, I would love to be able to sit here and tell you you're okay. But you know what? I can't do that. And I have to look at my own life. And say, God, what am I dealing with? What issues am I dealing with? Well, you know, you've you got it all together. No, I don't have it all together. I don't have it all together. I still deal with issues. They're not the same issues I dealt with 20 years ago. I'm over the drug thing. Somebody say, praise the Lord. I'm over the alcohol thing. Somebody say, praise the Lord. I'm over the sex thing. Somebody say, praise the Lord. I'm trying to get over the anger thing. You understand what I'm saying? So, we're all dealing with different things. We got different issues in our life. But God wants us to move forward. He wants us. His promises are there for us. But you've got to take it. All right? And He says, Seek, and you shall find. Abide in me, and I will abide in you. Knock, and the door shall be open. Ask, and you shall receive or whatever see what i'm getting at so so there's something we've got to do on our part and that's why last sunday was important very important coming to the altar tonight's very important tomorrow is very important what are you watching what are you hearing what are you seeing what are you saying i've had some people say you know man I just got a critical critical mouth well my my prayer would be that god would open your ears so your mouth your ears can hear what your mouth's saying it was a time in my life I cussed like a sailor. You know, I, sailors, I guess, cuss. I never met a sailor, but I've always heard the terminology, cuss like a sailor. I've met some other people in the military, and they kind of cuss too, but, uh, you know, but, you know, you can be in an oil field and you run into it. Come on, somebody. Watch out now. <laughs> but God wants us to get away from this stuff. And one of the things that the Spirit of God was dealing me with was this deal with Achan. So let's go, to, let's go to Joshua chapter 7 and let's just look at this real quick. Are you guys okay tonight? Okay. Joshua chapter 7, let's look at verse 1. But the sons of Israel acted unfaithful in regard to the things under the band or a cursed thing. For Achan, the son of Kamari the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, and the tribe of Judah, took some things under the band. Therefore, the anger of the Lord burned against the sons of Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth of of Even, east of Bethel, and he said to them, Go up and spy out the land. So the men went up and they spied out the land at Ai, and they returned to Joshua and they said to him, don't let all the people go up. Only about two or 3,000 men need to go up. Now, they've already taken Jericho. They see Ai. It's not a big a deal. Sends up two spies. They come back and say, look, you don't need all the troops, man. Let the guys rest. Just send 3,000. Says, he says, you only need about two or 3,000 men need to go up to Ai. Don't make all the people go up and toil there, for they are just a few. For, so about 3,000 men of the people went there, and they fled from the men, men of Ai. The men of Ai struck down about 36 of their men and pursued them from the gate of, of Shebarim and struck them down on uh, on on the descent so that the hearts of the people melted and became as water. In other words, they lost hope. They said, <gasps> I mean, after the big, big victory at Jericho, you reckon they was... Like Bannon Roosters You know what I mean? It just all puffed out and everything boy oh, whooped by, man. You see many I killed, man. I got me a bunch of heads, but it was good. And they went up to Ai and got whooped. They turned tail and ran, is what happened. Check this out. And then Joshua tore his clothes, and he fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. Both he and the elders of Israel and they put dust on their heads. This was a This was a ceremony of remorse, repentance. And he said, Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, why did you ever bring this people over the Jordan only to deliver us in the hands of the Amorites, to destroy us? If only we had been willing to dwell beyond the Jordan. In other words, if we had just not crossed over, and we had dwelt in that land that we had already cleared out, because there was two and a half tribes that Moses said, you guys can stay over here on this side of the Jordan, east of the Jordan, and the rest of us are going to stay on the west of the Jordan. And those two and a half tribes had to go in, their, their men had to suit up in armor, and they actually were the first ones to cross over and go into battle, because he said, you don't get that until everybody's got peace. Amen? You can go back. You'll read that. You'll get, you'll get a hold of that. And the Lord says that I can stay since Israel has turned their backs before the, their enemies. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it, and they will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will we do with your great name? So the Lord said to Joshua, rise up. In other words, why did we lose this thing, God? Well, how can we lost this thing? First of all, he didn't inquire of in the Lord. He didn't. He didn't ask the Lord. He says, "Rise up." That's why. Why is it that you've fallen on your face? Israel has sinned, and you have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. And they have even taken some things under the band or accursed things, and have both stolen and deceived. Moreover, they have also put them among their own things. In other words, the Israelites. We're in sin, and it affected the entire Israelite nation. How do we think we can live in sin, and it doesn't affect anybody but myself? It affects everybody around you. And whether you realize it or not, it affects Christianity. You can't tell me when named big preachers fall that Christianity doesn't take a jab. Right? Okay. Let's check this out. He says, in the morning... Let me go back. Therefore, the sons of Israel cannot stand before the enemies. They turn their backs on their enemies, and they have become accursed... I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy the things under the band from your midst. Rise up, consecrate the people, and say, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord God of Israel said, These things under the band in your midst. I'm going to paraphrase. He says, I want you to bring the tribes by. Families by. I mean, this was families with cousins and aunts and uncles. Then he got down to the root of the family of mom and dad and the kids. And then he says, you know what? It's Achan. He brought them by. He could have told Joshua, Psst, it's Achan. He brought all the tribes before, before the Lord God. Present yourself. God says, it's this one. Does everybody else go home? He so said, now I want the next families to come forward. And God says, this one. You guys can, well, he actually didn't let him go, but he says, you're next. Okay. Haken's daddy. He, he lists him in here. And he says, it's your family. And he says, it's your son. Look at verse 16. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel near by the tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought the family of Judah near, and he took the family of the Zerahites and the family of the Zerahites nearby, man by man. And there's there's, uh, Achan's dad right there, Zabdi. He was taken. He brought his household near, man by man, and Achan, the son of Kamari, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah. Actually, Zabdi must have been a grandfather from the tribe of Judah was taken. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, I implore you, Give glory to the Lord God of Israel and give him praise and tell me now what you've done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered him. He, says, he said, truly I have sinned against the Lord and God of Israel and this is what I did. I saw something among the, the spoil, a beautiful mantle or a garment from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold, 50 shekels in weight. Then I coveted them. And I took them, and behold, they were concealed in the earth inside my tent. In other words, he took them into his tent, and he dug a hole in the ground, and he hid them, covered them back up. I'm going to save them for later. Nobody will know. How many times do we do that in our lives? God, I'm just going to do this. Nobody will know. My husband won't find out. My wife, she won't find out. Don't be like Achan. He knows. You know what ended up happening to Achan? Let's go on. Let's just look at this. Somebody say, Lord, have mercy. mercy. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent. And behold, it was concealed in this tent, the silver underneath it. Verse 23, they took it from the inside of the tent, and they brought him into Joshua and the sons of Israel. And they poured him out before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with them took Achan, the son of Zerah, The silver and the mantle and the bar and the gold, his sons, his daughters. Listen, his ox, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that belonged to him. And they brought him up to the the valley of Achor. Achor means trouble. Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. And the Israelites stoned them with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones that stands to this day, and the Lord turned the fierceness of his anger. He turned away from his anger. We don't get stoned today. Well, it <laughs> depends on what terminology you're talking about. Okay? We sin, we mess up. People are not going to throw rocks at you. Let me rephrase that. Okay. Think about this. If God knew, does he know? And God was dealing with me. Let's just get real here in just a moment. God was dealing with me, and I said, Man, Haken, that was stupid. And he said, What do you still have that you've stolen? I was like, that can't be the Lord. What do we have could be in our possession that we got with dishonest gain? That we lied? And now maybe, look, I know it's not y'all. Y'all are just holy. But I lied. I cheated. I finagled. Are you with me? And I started thinking about some things in my life. And I'm just going to talk to me a moment, and you guys listen, okay? I don't really want this to go out in this room, so I would appreciate you all honoring that. I began to start thinking back. My wife doesn't even know this. And I began to start thinking back, and... It had to been 12 or 14 years ago. I was a buyer for a corporation. And um, we had financial difficulties just like everybody else has. And this guy took me out to lunch, and he left me an envelope when he left. It was $500. It was five $100 bills in it. And I looked at that, and I thought, I can't take that. It's a bribe. But you know what I did? I started reasoning. You know, you really could use a new lawnmower, or, you know, the kids need some shoes, or, you know, it would really be a great outfit, you know, or... You know, you could probably really do something good with it. It was still wrong. So God brought that back to my memory. I had forgot about it. I had repented for it. How many of you know when you repent, it's gone, as far as God's concerned? But how many of you have repented for something, and that thing keeps coming back? Anybody? Anybody? It's like, man, how long am I going to finally get over this thing? And then you have somebody come up and say, condemnation is not from God. It's conviction of the Holy Ghost. Well, I put it under the blood of Jesus 12 years ago. Why is it still there? Why does it come back every now and then? And this hadn't, this hadn't haunted me, but there are some things that we have to deal with. It's like, why does it keep coming back? Why does it keep coming back? Why does it keep coming back? I put it under the blood. I put it under the blood 20, 30 times. Does anybody in here know what I'm talking about? Amen. So I said, God, I've got to make that right. And he led me to this. I was in a meeting a week or two ago, and they talked about a Jericho offering, and it just kind of went poof inside me. I was like, what is that? They didn't elaborate on it. I just started reading the scriptures. And I said, okay, I'm going to understand a little bit more about this thing. So I know what I have to do. I began to start thinking back when my father passed away. And uh, there was some things that he had that mom said, you you kids can have. Anybody ever gone through that? It got really, between my brother and I, it got really nasty. Because my dad had a workshop and had all these tools. And my brother's a very, he's a carpenter. He's a skilled carpenter, my brother is. He's a craftsman. I mean, he's not just good. He's very good. And he'd go in there and see all them tools, and he had all them tools. And he got greedy. And I just backed off. I said, you take whatever you want. I went back in the house, and my mom says, what's going on? I said, hey, Jeff can have what he wants. I said, oh, and, she, and then she said, no, you need to go out there, and you need to get what you know your dad wants you to have, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, look, it's not worth it for me. It's not worth it. And then I got to think about others that may have gotten an inheritance and gone in and cleaned out the house. Come on, somebody. And took possession before the in-laws or the outlaws came out of town and stole stuff. That may not be you. I don't know. It wasn't me. My my concern was that my sister's. I said, look, all, the only concern I got is dad's got a bunch of tools out there And I think it'd be great if the girls got some tools because they need tools for the house and stuff. I said, if you could do that, you know, before Jeff cleans everything out, (laughs) I said, that would be great. You know, so she did that. And I just backed off. I let my brother have whatever he wanted. When he was done, I went in and said, okay, God, I'll take this, that, and the other. I wasn't going to fight over it. I wasn't going to be greedy about it. But I know others that have. I know families that have literally fought the Hatfields and McCoys over inheritances. Are you with me? Now, you know, that that may not be you. It may be. You may go in your house and say, there's a couch that I didn't really get through honest gain. There may be properties. There may be land. I mean, this is is a big thing. It's one thing when you say, well, you know, I got this bottle of water I stole, so Sunday I'm going to come bring that bottle of water. There you go, God. (laughs) What would you do if it was a section of land? I I don't know. What's a section of land? 600 What would you do if it was 640 acres that you knew you stole? Would you come in? Here's a title deed to that land. Ooh, getting a little tougher now, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know how to do this, guys. This is just something new that I don't know how to do. But I know the Spirit of the Lord is all over this thing to say, get it right. Get it right. Get it right. And I, it may not affect any of you guys here. It's affected me because I know what i got to do on that $500. I know i got to bring it and say, Here, Lord. Here's that bribe. I called the man up. I said, look, man, you left this money in my truck. He said, Eric, look, I know things are tough. You got a wife, kids, it's okay. See, I controlled what trucks we used when we hauled product from California to North Carolina. And he said, look, just give me a chance. So I thought, in my mind, he's earning this. It's a lie. It's still a bribe, guys. It's still a bribe. The money wasn't supposed to come to me. It was supposed to come to my company. Not the company I owned, the company I worked for. Are you with me? And, And I was talking to Joel the other night, and we were talking about some issues. And I said, Joel, I live by this. If I can't get it honestly, I don't want it. He said, Dad, I've heard you say it over and over again. But yet that thing is still there. I'm going to get rid of it Sunday. I'm divorcing Baal. That thing, that Achan, that coveted thing, that accursed thing that's there can hold me from my destiny. And don't think it won't. And you know what? Don't think, hey, you know what? I'm doing pretty good. i got a few accursed things, but I'm still good, you know. Everything's all right in my life. I can put food on my table. i got money. i got retirement. You can be dead and gone, and guess what's going to happen to your retirement? It's not going to go where you wanted it to go. Don't think there's not going to be any consequences there. There will be. And the New Testament, it talks about Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias came and Peter says, Is that what you sold this piece of property for? And they said, Yeah. Boom, he was dead. They drug him out. Then his wife comes in a few hours later. Read it. She, uh, <laughs> Is that what you sold that piece of property for? Yes. Um, just want to remind you of something. See them feet over there? It's your husband. He told the same thing. He lied and he's dead. Drag her out. That's in the New Testament. I'm not saying this to frighten you. I'm saying this to you that there is a very serious time that we're in. That the justice, the judgment of the Lord... It's getting closer. Heaven is moving closer to earth. (coughs) Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have got I I have cried out to God, we have got to live godly lives. And when we get in an argument, we got to be quick to repent and say, Look, I'm sorry. Sorry, I treated you that way. I'm sorry I said those things. They were hurtful to you. And be humble. I'm sorry I messed up. I made a mistake. You took advantage of me. I I shouldn't have taken advantage of you. Let Let me just make it right. How can I make it right? Restore covenant. Let's restore covenant back with God by the circumcision of our heart. So Sunday, I'm going to ask you, and I don't know, we may do this a couple Sundays because, you know, you might wrestle with the Lord for a long time. You might wrestle with the Lord for a long time on it. But is there a Jericho offering? Is there an Achan offering that you can bring the Lord? And somebody asked me, say, said, what are you going to do with it? I have no idea what I'm going to do with it. I have no idea. God hadn't given direction on that yet. But I can guarantee you this, it's going for the kingdom of God. And somebody said, Well, you know what? What about if I stolen something and the Lord's quickening me and it was a VCR? And I went in Target and I ran out with that thing. You know what I mean? And I hit it in my car and I got away from it. Or I worked there. I mean, you name it. There's all sorts of stuff. I worked there and, you know, I was working in receiving and I had somebody back up and say, Bring the car back and I'm going to just walk away from the door for, I got to go to the bathroom. Walk away from the door, and the door's open. Nobody's watching it, and they're loading cases of stuff in it. I don't know. If there's some issues there, ask the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit what to do. That's all I'm saying. You know, do I bring a couch in here? If God tells you to bring a couch, bring the couch. We'll go get it. Eli, Terry, we'll load up the truck. Listen to me. If he says, you know what? You need to take $100 or $200 or whatever that, that, whatever that is and say, you know what? I want you to bring that in place of the offering. Then you, you bring it. Just be led by the Spirit of God and let's give the devil a black eye. And say, you know what? There ain't going to be no aching stuff going on here. Because what you do affects her. It affects her. It affects her. It affects Marvin. Robert. Stacy, oh no, it just affects me. No, no, it affects all of us. All the Israelite clan was affected by it. The whole family was. The fear of the Lord is coming back is what I see in the church. And as the shaking takes place, there's going to be some people that are going to come closer to God and there's some people that are going to turn tail and run. I don't want him to turn tail and run. But those of us that are going to get closer to God, we got to strip everything off of us. She was talking about Sunday that, you know, was that before even God was doing it, that he was like going to pull this, strip this flesh right off of us. We were just going to pull the flesh right off of us. Let me, can, can, I, can, I, can I have you share that? This She told us after God was doing all what he was doing Sunday. I was like, man, that was just confirmation. Um, during praise and worship, uh, the Lord told me. He said, "Today I am going to peel back your flesh." And what I saw was just like He, you know, was just stripping the skin off. And He said, um, "I'm going to show you what spirit it is that is holding you back." And then when Dutch Sheets was um, started preaching, He said, um, "Today we are going to peel back. We are going to unveil what." what bail all about. This is not a time to be playing around with God. That's all I'm saying. And I say it at the risk of half of you never coming back. I'll take that risk. I will take that risk. Because I love you so much and then God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And it's living a righteous life. It's living a holy life. It's saying I can get away from drugs. I can step out of alcohol. Anger, bitterness, jealousy, gossip. All these different things that are trying to keep our witness for Christ under wraps. So I'm going to ask you. Like Sunday. so you've been here. I'm going to get this tape, and everybody that was in that other room in there, I'm going to make sure they get a, a tape or CD of it so they, they get this. Because we got to all be on the same page. As we move forward as a family, you know. You know you can step out of where you're at. And God wants you to. And we're all behind you cheering you. Yeah, go ahead, man. Do it, man. You can do it. You can overcome that thing. You can beat it. Prayer, fasting, putting your flesh down, letting God just strip it off of us. So I'm going to ask you to ask the Spirit of God, what is it? What is the Achan thing? What is the Jericho? Is there one? I I pray that there isn't. But there is in me. You might go around your house and look and find something, you know, tube Lipstick. That you jacked from, you know, your sister or something a couple months ago. Are you with me? I mean, that's just a little thing, but it's important. The silver and the gold that Aiken got was a lot of money, but that little garment wasn't worth a whole lot. It was nice. Must have been for Aiken's mistress. I don't know what it was for. But I know he kept it. So let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. God, this, is, this has been tough tonight. But I know it's going to be very rewarding. So God, I'm just asking you to reveal to us what is that Jericho offering that was consecrated and set apart for you, God. But we, like Achan, have taken it. And said, you know, I kind of like that for myself. So God, I'm asking you just in the loving way that you can. Just convict us, Holy Spirit, of what it is. What is keeping us from moving forward? What is that accursed thing that we need to let go of? And God, I thank you to give us strength as we look at it and say, you know what, this has got to go. And Lord, I know there's some here that don't have it. And I pray that they never will. And you'll keep them out of the snare of the enemy. Greed, control, jealousy. Bind it right now in the name of Jesus. Command you to go and that you cannot stay. We just loose revelation and wisdom. Into your lives tonight, into our lives tonight. God, I thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, and church said, "Amen." Hey, some of y'all may call. If you got questions about it, call them and ask me. I might, you know, may I, I not say, you know, I don't know. So don't be upset if I say, you know, I don't know. Get with God and let Him find out. Amen. Let's just give the Lord some praise today. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I know we've gone over a little bit. Make sure that you take a look at this as Vacation Bible Volunteers. If you can help out that week, we sure need it. Um, we had, um, I think, 15 kids give their life to Christ last year in the, in the Vacation Bible School. So it's an important time of seed time and harvest. Listen, God bless you. Have a wonderful evening. We'll be praying for you this week. And don't forget the prayer pods and prayer from 12 to 1 tomorrow and Friday also and then all, all next week. God bless.